Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Krista Fairbrother on. She is an international recognized aqua yoga coach and trainer who's passionate about helping women get fit and healthy, even if they live with a chronic health condition. So welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I would love to know, um, I don't think I've had anyone come on ever and talk about aqua yoga. So first I would love to know how that came into your own life. Excellent. So it's a little bit of a long story that I condensed down super quick, but I have been practicing yoga for about 30 years. I got started when I was a farrier. So for people who don't know, a farrier is somebody who puts horseshoes on horses. So you're bent over, you're holding up, you know, a thousand pounds of horse, you're hammering on their hooves and you go back to the forge, you know, obviously sweaty, dirty, not good for your back. And somebody had told me, well, yoga is good for your back. You should try yoga. And I was like, eh, you can hear I'm not, wasn't really sold, but I decided, I was like, okay, it will be good for my back. I will go. It turns out I really liked it. <laughs> so I kept going to class. I developed a personal practice and then, you know, fast forward here, 20 years later, I went back to school, had a couple kids, moved across the country. I was still doing yoga. It's like, okay, after 20 years, this is clearly important to me. I signed up for yoga teacher training with the intent of just deepening my own practice. Like many yoga teachers, that's how we, we often start. It's not really about teaching. I just want to get more involved in yoga. And when I signed up for teacher training, I had a diagnosis of systemic lupus erythematosus, which is an autoimmune disease. And I was a little worried about it flaring up, but I thought, okay, you know, I can, I've been doing this a little while. I can handle it. While in teacher training, I got an expanded diagnosis. I had several other autoimmune conditions in addition, and they were all in that arthritic family, but it was like, wow, I have been able to be an athlete as a teen, like, hey, ride horses, be a farrier, all these very physically demanding things, have two children. And, you know, how is this possible with what you're telling me is wrong with me? And really, as I gave my yoga practice the credit that I had really developed excellent self-management skills to keep me going. And it really inspired me to share yoga with others who live with arthritis. So I immediately signed up for yoga for arthritis teacher training, which is a program. And it was actually there that I met a fellow yoga for arthritis teacher from Florida who casually mentioned, oh, you know, we have this weekly wine and yoga night at the pool. And I was like, oh my God, why has no one ever mentioned this to me before? So I like immediately went home and signed up for teacher training. We didn't have internet access where I was. So I immediately signed up for it and it has really stuck and become my passion. I've been doing it ever since. Mm, wow. So what, um, like the aqua yoga part, if people aren't familiar, like I don't, I have never done aqua yoga. So can you describe to people what that looks like and how does it differ from maybe like your regular yoga class? Sure. Great question. So to distinguish the kind of yoga I'm talking about is yoga you actually do in the water. Some people are familiar with stand-up paddleboard yoga or board yoga. So the stand-up paddleboard being in Florida, we have lots of those. Lots of people know what that is. The board yoga, they're, they're almost like a big yoga mat that's really stiff and foam and it gets tethered to the lane dividers. Some pools also offer that. But I like to practice the yoga that you're actually in the water. So about mid-chest height is ideal. Uh, people ask, well, you know, how do you do headstand and handstand <laughs> and down dog? We don't usually. The kids really like to do inversions, but most adults don't. So it's just standing postures. We can do seated postures, but if you think about, well, how am I going to sit in the pool? We'll do them on a kickboard or on a noodle. 
So if you're in a mat class, a seated posture is often a relaxing kind of calming posture. Well, in the pool, if you're sitting on a kickboard, you're working a lot of balance. So it's a very different experience to do seated postures in the pool. And uh, I like to use a pool because it's a very consistent and safe environment, but you can uh, do it in the ocean. I've trained a couple teachers in Mauritius in the Indian Ocean, and they send beautiful pictures because they're out there on the equator doing aqua yoga in the ocean. Some people can do uh, in lakes, as long as you have a good enough bottom, you know, you don't want those rocks or that mud that sometimes lakes have. Um, a lot of communities in the winter, we're, we're talking in the winter, a lot of mineral springs will have um, pools or, or sometimes they're even just, you know, natural in the, in the rock still, you can do it in a hot tub. So, so there's lots of, lots of places you could submerge yourself. And then for anybody who's just like, oh, I love all the sound of that, but all I got is my bathtub. Yes, you can do those seated postures in the bathtub. If that is your aqua yoga practice in winter, especially. Oh, wow. So who have you found that, um, really benefit from this class? And, you know, is it people, you know, who have arthritis and maybe some joints that do not feel good standing and doing yoga, you know, not in the water? Yeah. Great question. And that is definitely my specialty because as you heard me, that's very integral to my story. So I tend to work with mostly women who live with chronic pain, a lot of arthritis, but other conditions as well. That doesn't mean that's the only people that can benefit from the practice. I did not know about aqua yoga when I was pregnant. I wish I had. And there, have, there are some people who've done some really great work in that area. So aqua yoga for pregnant women, if you think about like you know, when you're really pregnant and how big you feel and just uncomfortable and being able to get in the water and take a load off is amazing. So pregnant women do really well with it. And then I do not do as much with this, but there are, I have some colleagues doing a lot in the area of aquatics for professional athletes. Hmm. So if you think about how much mat yoga has, has made an impact in the sports world, um, aqua yoga definitely has a place there. It's just not an area where I personally apply it. Oh, so yes, I love that. And the pre-postpartum is one of my specialties, you know, as a personal trainer and, yeah. and yoga teacher. And I have found many of my clients, especially if, you know, I, I was a former, you know, D3 athlete and played three sports and I've worked with some high level athletes myself. And I found that my higher level athletes during pregnancy, really like the water stuff because of that. And I mean, we're just not used to having that, you know, feeling of the pregnancy and the joints start to really oh, yeah. ache and that the heaviness. And so I found yeah. a lot of them really loved the water aerobics and they would go, you know, and they were there probably 30, 40 years younger than the rest of the people in class, they said, but the women there loved them and they loved going. And so having that yoga aspect, I can only imagine like working with the breath. Are you still doing some of like the, the common themes that you see in yoga classes in the water? Definitely. So the eight limbs of yoga that you would traditionally associate with yoga. And I, I appreciate that question. And thanks for the shout out on that, because especially you, you know, you working with athletes and yoga, I like to say, you know, we don't have any better stretches or shapes than any other stretching program, right? Yoga hasn't lasted because our lunge is so amazing. Really it's lasted for thousands of years because of that philosophy and those other aspects like the mindfulness and the breath. So very much we do incorporate those into the pool work and highlighting the breath since that was your question. When you get in the water, you know that feeling of when you're kind of like in a body sock because you feel that inward pressure everywhere? That's called the hydrostatic pressure. And it actually makes it more effort to breathe. When you inhale, your ribs are having to expand into that pressure of the water. And so it really is actually building up your muscles that you would use to breathe. And then, you know, you exhale and it's like you just kind of collapse back in. It's so easy. 
So it really does help people develop a, a different perspective on their breath practice and maybe perhaps some just muscular buildup, especially for people who have any kind of compromise to their breathing from conditions. Hmm. Do you ever go, um, I know you said you didn't do inversions. So if people are listening, they're like, Oh, I don't want to go underwater. I don't want to get my hair wet. Is that something that, you know, people can do and they can stay head above the water? Absolutely. So that's a real, you know, misconception about aquatic exercise in general. And that is like the biggest barrier I hear is like, I can't get in the pool. I got my hair wet. Right. Or I would go to the beauty parlor every Tuesday. I am not going to a class on Wednesday. Right. And ruin that. You do not have to get your hair wet. (laughs) So pools, as long as you're wearing items that the pool allows you to wear. So in other words, pools don't like cotton. You've probably seen the signs. Don't wear t-shirts. That's because the little cotton fibers get in the water and make the water really hard to clean and keep safe. You know, the bacterial grow in those cottons and it gets in the pool filter, right? So as long as you're wearing anything that your pool allows you to wear, like a shower cap, (laughs) so that your head doesn't get any splashes on it, you're okay. And then I actually have a lot of people come who are kind of afraid of the water. And I think that is extremely brave because you know, really kudos to those people because it, you never in a land class hear somebody say, you know, I'm really scared of walking. And so I decided to come to an exercise class. Like that just doesn't happen. And people who maybe don't know how to swim or are a little shy about the water will actually come to aquatics, which is I think amazing and so brave because perhaps like their healthcare provider has told them you really need the benefits of aquatic exercise. So they're making that leap. So absolutely, we keep them head out And I mentioned the meditation practice that we would do in a land-based class, you would often, you know, recline and lay down in what we would call corpse pose. But in the water, we can use that buoyant equipment like those noodles so that you can stay upright and get a meditative experience in a more seated upright posture. And then you don't get your hair wet. It accommodates those safety issues and is a real relaxing place. Wow. I love that. And do you have to be able to swim then by the sounds of it? Not necessarily. No don't have to be able to swim. And I like to teach in public pools. And then there's always a lifeguard. So if somebody's a little insecure, it's like, Hey, I am on the pool deck. I have eyes on all the time. We have the guard here, come snuggle up against the pool wall. You can keep a hand on it, you know, if you want to. So it just is a very safe controlled environment. I like that. Yeah. Cause my sister-in-law, she's not super comfortable in the water. And so I'm like, Oh, this would be a great thing for her to do. Cause she likes to practice yoga and, you know, yeah. having her do that in a safe atmosphere where she's like, okay, I can touch and I can get more comfortable. I mean, some of it is that comfort level and exactly. just being like, I'm totally. in a class, I'm safe. There's a lifeguard, you know, right. that I think is great. Right. Left, right. I got people here who got me. Yeah. 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 So is this best to do in a one-on-one setting or group setting, or how do you kind of set up your own um, practices here? I do both. Yeah. I teach uh, group classes since COVID. I've only been teaching in outdoor pools. I used to teach in indoor pools, but I let those go because of COVID. So um, any outdoor pool is an option, as you heard me say. So I teach in municipal pools, the larger group classes, and then you often can do one-on-one sessions as well, similar to a land yoga. The emphasis on a one-on-one session is very different. So that'll be customized to those that person's needs. Um, you heard me talk a lot about the chronic pain people that I work with. So a lot of times it's um, almost like a rehab. It's not mm-hmm. physical therapy staying in our scope of practice. I very much obviously work within yoga and that is my scope of practice, but the yoga approach to dealing with chronic pain is mm-hmm. a lot of what I do in private sessions. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about a little bit of the doshas and how this kind of plays into maybe a little bit with the aqua yoga and how you kind of use those in your class? Yeah. So that is a 
great perspective, especially if you think, okay, we've kind of been chatting like who comes to aquatics classes and then, okay, you're someone who lives with arthritis. If you think about the, the doshas that we live with and the, you hear a lot in yoga that it tends to be those vata and pitta personalities. So people who are airy and fiery tend to like yoga. And then I can say that I'll out myself here. So my dosha is I'm very much an air person, right? But if you think about, okay, if I'm somebody who lives with arthritis, well, that is a condition that is in the Ayurvedic tradition seen as a very disease of like drying and having excessive air. So you to get someone like that in the water and literally like damp them down <laughs> can be really powerful as well as those pitta personalities that we see a lot in yoga, the more fiery, that's my husband, he's a redhead, right? The, the total pitta. So, and he has really kind of warmed to aquatic exercise in general. Again, it kind of tones that fire down a little bit and it can be calming for that. And then if you talk about the kapha disposition, that is often seen as already kind of relaxed. But a lot of those people, I tend to work with seniors and a lot of kapha personalities, but those are often people who live in bigger bodies and really benefit from the buoyancy of the water. So they're able to apply a little more tapas or right efforts and a little more energy to their practice than they would in a land practice in the water because they get that buoyancy and that joint relief. So quick, quick synopsis of, okay, how can we fit in those three and what does the water mean for those? Yeah, I love that. And yeah, and the kaphas, the creative, I always find kaphas love a little creativity with the workout and like, you know, that's something new and like fun. So that makes sense. And as a pitta, I'm like, mm, I'm probably with your husband, like, I don't know what I want to do this. What I not? Yeah, but totally for me in the water. It just quilts my fire. <laughs> totally be like, but it's, I mean, again, you need those joint friendly things because what I'm finding, you know, as I'm getting closer to 40 and I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. You know, my hip, my hip aches that used to heal really fast are not healing as fast. And I need a little bit more recovery and a pool workout would be wonderful. And I was a lifeguard for many years. So it's not like I'm, oh, so, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and pit is right. You got to push, 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 right. So this forces you to back off a little bit and think of your work in a different way, which again, any, you know, you, you work with a lot of athletes, you talk about those repetitive motion injuries people get, you know, the advantage of cross training and doing these other things isn't necessarily that it's not going to help you win the Olympic medal, you know, but cross training is going to help you explore some new avenues of movement, work some different parts of your body, get a different stretch, help you prevent injuries, you know, that it can be seen in that light. It doesn't, you don't have to become an aqua yoga convert just to try it once. <laughs> Now, is this something that you have found, like, you know, cause since I'm in Minnesota, like we, I, I didn't know about the lakes. I'm like, that would be kind of fun to try it out on a lake. You know, I don't know, or at least I haven't heard of too many people offering that, you know, here, is it something that's kind of taking off or, you know, where does it kind of in its own trajectory? Like, is this something that's newer or it's been around for many years? It actually has been around for some time. Those people in the yoga world have probably heard of BKS Iyengar, who's yeah. one of the true yoga gurus and, and the founder of the Iyengar School of Yoga, which has thousands of teachers around the world and, and hundreds of thousands of practitioners. He was actually a very big proponent of aqua yoga, especially for those people who struggled with yoga on land. It was like, oh, well, you know, you're having a lot of joint pain, especially for joint pain. Take your yoga in the water. So to put it in that perspective, it's like, well, wow, he was talking about this quite a long time ago, but that doesn't mean it's been well adapted and or adopted, excuse me. 
And here in the States, we actually have the most pools of anywhere in the world, right? So there's really no reason we can't have more aqua yoga than we do. It's just, I always tell people, it's like we're the rainbow unicorns in the yoga world. You know, we're just really hard to see and you have to really look for us, which is on us that we don't do enough to promote it. And so that's why I love coming out and talking to people about, hey, what is aqua yoga and how you can find it? So if you're like, oh, I love this. How can I do this in my community? Call your municipal pool. You know, the YM CA is the biggest provider of swim lessons in the country. They might have aqua yoga, J- Jewish community centers, JCCs have pools, municipal pools. A lot of cities, they're only open in the summer, but they might have some programming there, as well as the Arthritis Foundation has their aquatics program. And a lot of the exercises we would do in a regular aqua yoga class, you would find as part of that Arthritis Foundation program. So, so those are some avenues if you're really interested in aqua yoga and, and maybe your only awareness has been aqua aerobics up to now, it's probably, well, you just didn't think to ask. Yeah, so yeah. give a call and see what your pool has. I love that. Yeah. Cause I used to teach um, water aerobics, you know, back when I was a lifeguard in my small yeah. community. And I love that. Um, now this is just like a teaching thing. Are you teaching? Like I always taught usually on the deck so people could hear me better. So as a teacher, are you in the water with them? Are you on the deck or what does that kind of look like for you? Good question. Uh, The Aquatic Exercise Association, which is basically the industry association for head out aquatic exercise, always recommends you teach from the pool deck because of the safety of that. You can, especially when there's no lifeguard, right? You can see everyone, you can call 911 fastest, you can offer assistance fastest. So gold standard is considered on the pool deck. That being said, if you have a lifeguard on duty in a municipal pool and you're the instructor, you've got somebody who's got your back. So you don't have to have quite that level of concern. And so in the past, I used to get in the pool with people since COVID, I have always taught from the pool deck because we need to stay farther apart from each other and the pools are, you know, they're only a certain size. So it provides a little more space, but you can do either. And that is actually a feature that a lot of aquatics instructors like because being an aquatics instructor is a little hard on your body, especially, you know, those intense aqua aerobics classes. I do not teach aqua aerobics that intensely, but you're bouncing around on cement on the pool deck day after day after day. And it is really hard on the instructors. And especially as you get older as an instructor, you'd like to take it a little easy on yourself. So aqua yoga is definitely something that you can teach when you're in the pool with people, as long as that safety standard is met. Hmm. Yes. I love that. And that makes sense. Cause I've had, I have a girlfriend who teaches, oh gosh, four, five classes a day and she leads it and does it. And I am like, and she's my age. And I'm just like, how are you going to keep doing this? I'm like, and you're teaching five classes a day. And I'm like, how, and she's had two, um, well, she just had a knee replacement surgery, but she had a major, you know, knee surgery right before that. And I'm like, man, we're not even 40 and you already had to have one. I'm like, this is where I, you know, as an instructor, I'm like, nope, I'm going to demo and do the least amount that I, that I can just because of that. Cause it is hard on the instructor's body to teach class after class and do the whole thing. Right. And those level three movements, which in aquatics are those like jumps. Oh. So if you've been to a real high intensity aqua aerobics class, you in the pool are spending a lot of time off the pool floor. Well, if you're watching an instructor on the deck, spend a lot of time off the, I'm doing air quotes here, pool floor. That means they're jumping in the air. And if they're not using a chair to demo, yes, very hard on your body. So that is one of the beauty, beautiful things about aqua yoga for the professional audience, so to speak, is you can still be that aqua aerobics instructor, teach those four classes and then teach your aqua yoga. And you're getting a little more income in another class without it being nearly as hard on your body. 
So if someone's interested in becoming, you know, certified in this, what does kind of that process look like? I offer certifications and I offer certifications only for people who already have a credential in yoga or aquatics because I take the discipline pretty seriously and I want to give you the best training possible. And so even in the the, the time constraints of either a weekend or an online course that takes longer, I'm really only giving you the specifics of what it is to teach aqua yoga with the expectation of you already know how to teach. There are some other disciplines out there where there's not that bar, but I feel pretty strongly that I'm, I'm really trying to present the discipline professionally and really help you up level as a professional. So if you're already a professional and you're hearing this, then I would love to work with you. But if you're not, if you're like, oh, well, I've always wanted to do that. That is wonderful. And please reach out to a yoga studio. Hopefully you still have one operating in your community that you could get your RYT or consider working with the Aquatic Exercise Association and get your credential there. And I will see you in a couple months when you're done with one of those others. I love that. Yes. And I mean, I think that's from being in the, the fitness. And then I also have my 500 hour from the yoga teacher training and that I think is something that is underrated. Um, I mean, just having like that, that bar set, because I think there was um, a few articles that I read about like the death of the yoga teacher training of being the 200 hours and just everyone, you know, going and getting it and then teaching. And then the bar starts to get lower of like what good teaching and training looks like. So yeah. I can really appreciate that you have that set. Like, no, the people that are going to come through my course are good. They know what they're doing and they're qualified. And I think that mm-hmm you know, as someone listening, if that's, you know, as a consumer and they're like, this is great to know, like there are these different levels. So if you've maybe tried a yoga class or maybe even an aqua yoga class before, and it, you're like, yeah, it wasn't great. You know, just knowing it might be the teacher and it might be, you know, kind of that background and training. So, you know, to keep trying and just try different instructors and until you find something that you like. Absolutely. And if you, I would tell anybody, since I generally, again, work with people with arthritis, I am telling those people, go to your instructor in advance and say, hey, I live with X Mm -hmm. and how can you help me? And if you get information that doesn't make you feel comfortable as a consumer, find a different instructor. That's not about the modality. That's that person you reached out to. And, you know, we all have our skill sets. That person may be great for another person and probably is. That doesn't mean they're right for you. So that's just that, that extra step that you could take will really serve you when you're looking to work with the right person. 100%. I've had, yes, I have a, one of my clients, um, she had arthritis and she had it, you know, in starting to come up in her late forties. And I think I started training her in her mid fifties and her trainer at the old gym. And again, knowingly that she has arthritis, put her in a weighted vest and had her run up and down stairs. Ow. crushes her knees. And so by the time I saw her, you know, she was like, I'm not really sure what to do. I was like, yeah, that is not something you should be doing. I'm like, that's just so hard on the joints. And so little things like that, you know, making sure they have the background information, like on whatever you have is so key. Cause I've had so many clients come and they're like, this is what happened. And I'm like, oh, that is just, sometimes it's newer trainers and you know, they just don't know when they just want to take, take everyone and totally was there as a gym trainer. You kind of just get everyone, but really focusing on that specialization. That's why I did the pre-postpartum and I'm doing that one for 15 years because of that, because I saw, I'm like, okay, my very first client, you know, was pregnant, um, after six months after I met her. So I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to train her properly. And then that's been kind of my passion. And that's a lot of the times what happens, I think with, you know, anyone trainer, yoga teacher, or your own stuff that you go through that you're like, yes, this is now my passion because I've experienced this. So finding that right person, um, definitely is key. Right. And always, I also like to tell people, and this is very much within the tradition of yoga, 
but I think we too often give up our power to others, right? So if you're hearing this and you want to work with a personal trainer, right? This isn't just about yoga. If you want to work with another professional, that person doesn't go home with your body. You do. And don't ever let anybody tell you to do something that isn't going to work for you. It doesn't matter how much you're paying them. You know, you, you have to go home with you. And so just make sure that if this, something is not working for you, say something, you know, it might be firing that person. It might be something as simple as, you know, this isn't going to work for me today. And a good professional should be able to hear that and separate that. That is not personal. You know, somebody's not telling me that something is about me. If an exercise I offer is not going to work for them. Right. I need to hear what they're saying and be able to offer them an an alternative that is going to work for them. So if you're working with somebody who's, you know, you're consistently leaving and you're feeling like, I just don't feel good physically or emotionally or something, then it's time to make a change. Oh, 100%. I agree with everything you just said. And I mean, I think that's sometimes as a woman, that's can be hard to do to like, just really be like, you know what, I'm going to speak up for myself, you know? And I, I always tell clients, you know, I'm like, here's your moves. If I know they're kind of feeling a little low energy and I'm like, you choose. And that way it's kind of the first introduction to show them, like, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to, I'm not going to have hurt feelings. You know, if you choose this move over this move, if I know they're feeling a little bit low energy, I'm like, you don't have to jump. You can do this instead. You choose. And then that kind of teaches them to like, okay, I can, you know, she's fine to say my own opinion. If something's not working for me, like I trust her to do that. And I think sometimes that's, um, as a professional, I mean, the more that you're in your field, the more you're, you can get those tools and you're like, okay, this is how I can help, you know, clients get there. But if you're a client and you're like, yeah, my person's not doing that for me, just knowing, okay, it might be time to move on. There are people who can give you those adjustments again, without taking it personal. Cause it, it shouldn't be, I mean, it's not. It's, yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Your doctor shouldn't take it personally. When you say, no, I don't want that surgery. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. You know, it's not about them. Yes. Right? Yeah, we all as professionals need to separate ourselves. And I think, I think your point about it being women is, is really uh, important and something to highlight is, you know, fitness is not any different than any other aspect of of our lives. And we need to be our best agents and advocates for ourselves in all aspects of our lives. So yoga, personal training, whatever it is, stand up for yourself. Yes. Well, where can people connect with you at Krista and, um, you know, what's your website, where can they find your book? We haven't talked about that either. You have a book coming out. So if you can share a little bit about that as well. Excellent. Yeah. So my book water yoga, it's coming out in July, it will be released by singing dragon press, which is a division of Jessica Kingsley. So it'll be available wherever fine books are sold. If you would like to get it from your local bookseller, or of course, online from the big yellow company, (laughs) you can get it there. And if you would like to connect with me more, find out a little more about aqua yoga, my website is just my name. So it's Krista, C-H-R-A-S-T-A, fair brother. It's just like it sounds, F-A-I-R brother. And find me there, or I'm also on Facebook, Christopher Brother Yoga, and Instagram, which is Aqua Content Yogi, because I would hope that you always find contentment from being in the water. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then who is your book for and um, book title in case people are kind of like, oh yeah, is this something I want to dive into? Yeah. So water yoga. And then the subtitle is a teacher's guide. And it actually is written for fellow professionals because that's what the publisher asked for rather than a practitioner's book. But because we actually really lack a comprehensive guide in the field, if you're a listener and you're like, well, I'm not a pro, should I get the book? 
basically it gives you more information about water yoga than you're ever going to want. <laughs> so it's still a great book for you because that if you learn to practice and you get something from the book, it's one of those books that then next year you can get back, go back to it again. And like, Oh, look, I'm practicing, but I didn't think about that last year when I started, I can use this this year, you know, so it, it will be a very comprehensive resource. So I'm really excited about it. I love that. Well, I just have one final question for you, Krista. And then I like to give out weekly challenge to the listeners. And when I have a guest on, I have you throw out the challenge to everyone. So what would you like it to be this week? I am challenging everybody to make some aspect of their interaction with water mindful. So that might be mindfully drinking some water, mindfully taking a shower, maybe mindfully giving your baby a bath. However, you can interact with some water, including maybe an aqua yoga practice this week. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I mean, that can even be just like a shower or a bath or whatever. Wash Getting out with the nice washcloth. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, thank you. And that is a first time challenge for us. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. It's lovely to be here. Yes. So thanks again for coming on and sharing your wisdom today with us, Krista and everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.